everyone else gets out and demorphs. Um, and she tells herself to demorph, um, but she's still inside the wood. Um, and so we get this very distressing sequence of her trying to become human again, uh, but being trapped inside the wood tunnels. Um, and uh, a Exactly what you think, really, mm-hmm. is what it is. is. Is something small and squishy growing into something not small uh, and less squishy uh, inside a space that is rigid. Um, but luckily, Axe is outside and he cuts open the wood, uh, much in the same way that he freed Marco earlier. Um, and she's able to demorph... Um, and uh, has es- exploded, basically, out of the, the wood. Um, Rachel immediately tries to check in with Cassie. Uh, she bends down, asks if she's okay. Cassie gives her a hug and then freaks the fuck out. Uh, mm-hmm. Then just as suddenly I pushed her away. Let me go. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Um. And immediately, Rachel holds her down and clamps her hand over her mouth. Marco grabs hold of Cassie's ankles and holds them still. Um, because they're inside the Yerk building and they can't be screaming <laughs> or they will be noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cassie is in full bug out mode. Um, uh-huh. and is yeah <laughs> and is struggling <laughs> and fighting uh and trying to scream uh so Rachel and Marco just hold her down until she stops fighting um while Axe she comes uh, back to herself yeah yeah while Axe is is accessing the computer um are you okay now Rachel asked okay i would never be okay again but i nodded my head anyway Rachel took her hand away from her mouth from my mouth It's over, Cassie, Marco said. You saved us. It's over. And we have other problems now. I'm good, I said. I'm fine. But my skin was crawling. Uh, Evil, terrible memories were crowding in on me. And she's still pushing it away. Um, Mm. They get access to the computer. They find out that uh, the logging company um, doesn't actually have permission yet. They have to get permission from some kind of a commission of three members. One person has already voted yes, who's obviously a controller. One person has voted no, and there's just one third person. Uh, I do like this. Go for it. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, I want to draw attention, a detail of the fact that they have named this lumber company, Dapson Lumber Company. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Axe is amused by this uh, because Dapson is basically, it's a Yerkish swear word. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just very amused by whichever yerk yes. it's just like hey you know what would be real funny <laughs> let's name this company this and then all the humans will be swearing and they won't even know it Yeah, it's just very yeah. good and amusing to me it is very amusing it's great um, they find that the third commissioner is supposed to visit like at the end of the week um, and they rightly into it that basically the Yerks are going to have this person visit and then infest him and then he will vote yes mm-hmm. um, that they can go ahead with their logging operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I appreciate the axe. <laughs> and my brain was, oh, does a Dante. Uh, and uh, puts a change in the programming that means that he will be able to access this computer from Marco's home computer. Yep. And is able to shut down the defenses so they can get out without having to go into termite morph and be small. Um, mm -hmm. So, and yep. I really, we have like Rachel touching base again with Cassie, like, can you morph? Can you morph the wolf? I'll stay right beside you the whole time. Yep. It's like, Rachel very much in this scene. I know. You good friend. Yeah, she just wants to protect her friend. Mm-hmm. But uh because with the defenses down, it's easy for the kids to get out. Uh mm -hmm. by sheer dumb luck, they even run between two guards, they get to the woods, Jake joins them, and nobody says much on the way home. Uh, uh then we get some emotional fallout. Uh Cassie and Rachel sneak back into Cassie's bedroom because it's the easier of the two places to sneak back into. Um, uh, Rachel falls asleep almost instantly, um, and Cassie cannot fall asleep. Um, she's wigging out um, and, and uh, basically unable to uh, kind of recognize the familiarity of her surroundings. Um, mm -hmm. Like, every, everything seems unreal. Um, and she remarks on how she, how can she possibly remember what the chamber looked like, what the termite queen looked like when she didn't have any eyes. Um, and that's just because your brain is real good at filling in the blanks. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't just destroyed her. I had destroyed the entire colony. I had done it to save myself and my friends. I wanted to throw up, but I would have had to get out of bed to run to the bathroom, and I felt like I never wanted to leave that bed again. I love animals. I've been raised all my life around them. I love nature, but what did I really know about it? I have been more animals than many people ever see in a lifetime. I have flown with the wings of an osprey. I've raced through the ocean in the body of a dolphin. I've seen the world through the eyes of an owl at night and smelled the wind with all the keen senses of a wolf. I've flown upside down and backward in the body of a fly. Sometimes I go out into the far fields at night and become a horse and run through the grass. And everything I've been, every animal, is either killer or killed. In a million, million battles all around the world, on every continent, in every square inch of space, there was killing, from the great cats in Africa that cold-bloodedly search out the young and weak gazelles, to the terrible wars that are fought out in anthills and termite col colonies. All of nature was at war. And at the top of all that destruction, humans killed each other as well as other species, and now those same people have been enslaved and destroyed by the Yerks. Nature at its finest. Cute, cuddly animals who slaughtered to live. The, nature the color of nature wasn't green, it was red. Blood red. Uh, she's crying um, uh, and holding herself back from crying out because she doesn't want to wake up Rachel or her parents. Um, and again, this very much black and white thinking um, of killer or killed. The fact that she characterizes the great cats, like the lions, cold-bloodedly searching out young and weak gazelles. Mm -hmm. Um but like that's that's not it's it's not cold blooded at all. It just is. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, it helps to keep the gazelle population healthy because it turns out Mm -hmm. if you take away all the predators and let all of the weak and sick ones survive, then the entire population gets weaker. And also the, the prey animals overpopulate and destroy the environment. Like everything's in balance. Come on, Cassie, watch The Lion King. <laughs> it's a circle of life. <laughs> and the crawling ant or leafing ant. <laughs> sorry. I'm terrible and should not be allowed near anything. <laughs> yep. Um, but Cassie but like, is comparing herself. She's trauma. She's hardcore traumatized in this moment. Yes. Like, she is having a breakdown. Yes, very much. And that's a yeah, a very a deeply traumatic thing just happened to her. Mm-hmm. That also triggered a different traumatic thing that happened to her. Mm-hmm. She took a life. I can't remember if this is the first time Cassie's done this directly like that. I I can't remember. I think it might but be. But in which case, that also carries. A significant weight, mm-hmm. or a, an enemy that isn't a yerk or a controller, mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. least. And that's, I mean, because we have that line about how, because um, in my world, I too was prey, mm-hmm. and she characterizes herself that way. Yes, and the fact that she's now killed something. Yeah, yeah. And it, it it does uh the thing you pointed out earlier where she she characterizes these things as like innocent prey or cold blooded killers right mm-hmm. but almost every animal that is prey is also a predator mm-hmm. of some kind not all of them certainly there are a lot of strictly herbivorous things but sure you know it, it's a food chain for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we die, our bodies become grass, and the antelope eat the grass. I'm sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm stopping. I'm stopping. <sighs> uh, eventually, she's able to fall asleep. It isn't a nightmare. Uh, she dreams that she's a mother and is searching for her babies. Um, yeah, she thought event- of the skunk kits just before she fell asleep. As yes. Well. Um, and eventually she finds them and they snuggle next to her and it's like a very peaceful dream. Mm. Um, uh, when they wake up, it's like 10 in the morning. Rachel's already showered and dressed. Um, Rachel grumbling that she can't believe Cassie slept so well (laughs) because Mm -hmm. she had a really bad nightmare. Um, but she checks in with Cassie again before going home. You know, she asks, are you okay? Um. And Cassie <laughs> tries to brush it off. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you know, last night and all, it wasn't like I was having some kind of breakdown or anything. It's <laughs> just, you know, it creeped me out. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure, kiddo. Uh, but, sure. but Rachel lets, like, lets that slide. She lets that go. She says, tell mm-hmm. me about it. You know, it was very, it was very creepy. Um. And then she says, it's really no big deal if you think about it, Cassie. Termites get killed all the time. They were just termites. Bugs. Um, 
and she leaves. She's trying to be reassuring. She's just being very Rachel about it. Yes, because, I mean, I think to a majority of people. Yeah, that's bugs. Yeah, they wouldn't think twice about it. Um, Even Cassie in the past has never seen that romantic in her attitude towards bugs. Yes. Um, you know, she, she thinks of the ants as just killing machines. Like she Mm -hmm. doesn't think of them as individual creatures, but she's in the middle of a, uh, kind of traumatic breakdown and everything seems more important, uh, in, in those instances. Mm -hmm. Um, Rachel leaves. I don't know if she just had to get home or if I made her uncomfortable. Rachel isn't usually a huggy kind of person. Having to treat me like a baby probably gave her the willies. Which, like, also seems, in the same way that she's been low-key insulting Tobias this whole book, seems really insulting towards Rachel. Mm-hmm. Like, Rachel has baby sisters. She has two baby sisters. She knows how to take care of and comfort other people. Yeah, it's like she's turning her discomfort outwards. Yes. Um, we talked about made this comment in our comments cassie views herself as the person that does that for other people Mm -hmm. she's the comforting person she's the one that gives the hugs Mm -hmm. she doesn't like being the person that needs them Mm -hmm. and she assumes that because she feels uncomfortable other people are being uncomfortable other people feel uncomfortable as well right with her needing that because she doesn't feel comfortable needing that yeah and it and it is. It's an unfair dismissible. Like Rachel might normally be a huggy person. To be that could be true. That's fair enough if it is true. Like except maybe with family members. But mm-hmm. like Rachel's never once come across as like when we read books from her perspective. Like she's never seemed resentful towards her sibling, her sisters for wanting needing hugs and stuff like that. Yeah. So and it does seem like an unfair. It is an unfair comment to make about Rachel. Because Rachel is deeply compassionate. Mm-hmm. So, but here we go. Rachel is the predator. <laughs> yep. She's a fighter. She is strong. She doesn't do the other stuff. Because, mm-hmm. again, it's that black and white thinking about the roles they play. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I may also I think... be thinking about that bond that you wrote for uh, <laughs> idiot teenagers. So <laughs> you're welcome. Um, the what's interesting is I think I think Cassie thinks that she's prey, and all of the other animorphs are predators. Mm-hmm. Which, on the one hand, is just like, oh, I'm the weak link. I'm the one who, mm-hmm. you know, is. is is not strong like the others but also with the way that she compare she talks about predators in this book is it's it a speaks, little bit of a victim complex yes a little bit and a little bit of blaming them for for fighting the way they are yeah. um and it's it's actually interesting because it's a conflict that's going to come up especially between Cassie and Rachel in the future mm-hmm. um with this idea of being unwilling to get her own hands dirty and kind of looking Judging down, people. 
<laughs> judging other people for for getting their hands dirty, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I look forward to being mad about it. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Book nineteen sure is a fucking trip. Uh, um. But yeah. Um. So Cassie's home on her own. Mm-hmm. Um. She feel she's feeling off unbalanced. She's trying to reassure herself. Um. Not doing a great job of it. Heads outside, wanting to feel the sun on her skin. Um. And. Like sort of almost on autopilot, she goes and gets uh, some a uh, frozen grasshopper out of the freezer for the animals, for mm-hmm. the food for the animals, yep. and is uh, heading off towards the forest. And then Tobias does a Tobias, which yep. is just like Tobias is here. Tobias is always here, <laughs> um, and he's just like Yo Cassie. He doesn't say Yo Cassie. He's this is like Cassie. checking checking in with her, um, and trying. He's trying to touch base in his very awkward Tobias way. Mm-hmm. I heard like, it was pretty bad last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, who'd you talk to? Axe, who else? Who who's weirded out? Just like Tobias. Yeah, I stopped walking. It was something in the way he said weirded out. Tobias, who else did you talk to? Maybe Marco. <laughs> um, and Marco told you I went nuts, right? Actually, and this is just like, ugh, okay. But this isn't yeah. the first time we've had the uh, ableist chatter. Yeah. Um, what I find interesting, though, we have that moment. Uh, Tobias repeats what Marco has, which I'm not going to use because mm-hmm. um, I don't want to. And Cassie admits to doing as such after a mm-hmm. bit of laugh. And Tobias is just like, welcome to the club. None of us is going to come through this, all this completely normal. You know that. Too much fear. Yeah. And he just says that. And I'm just there just like, Danielle's poetic bird son, whom we love. <laughs> but that empathy that we've talked about with Tobias before, mm-hmm. because he's already like, because he is already in bird form, he's like, he's like, he's just like, he's there, just like, yeah, no, this is bad. Mm-hmm. It's going to be bad for all of us. We're scared mm-hmm. all the time, and the brain can't deal with being scared all the time. So shit gets weird. Yep. And it's um, so unjudgmental. Yeah. Compared to. Cassie's worldview. Yes. And Tobias just like, this is what it is. And doesn't ascribe a value to it. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the thing. He says that, like, and then Cassie, well, I'm sick of it. Mm-hmm. And then we have her go on this little bit. I had to destroy the termite queen. I know she was just a bug, but you know, who am I to decide that it's okay to kill one animal and not another? Here I am, the big earth mother, tree hugger, animal lover, as Marco would say. And when it gets down to it, I'm just like, just like me, Tobias asked. Just like any other, just like any predator, I said lamely. And it just comes back to that whole thing, Cassie identifying as prey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Tobias is like, you feel bad because you had to kill the queen in order to survive. And then she's pissed. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, I shouldn't have been there. It's their world, not mine. Those little tunnels in a rotten piece of wood, that's their whole universe. I invaded it. And when they got in my way, I reacted. Who does that remind you of? And Tobias is just like, look, you are not a yerk and termites are not human beings. There is no comparison. And Cassie's just like, Cassie clearly doesn't like being called on the bullshit of her argument because she's just like, look, I have to morph. Yep. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then, mm. and then we get <laughs> this that I, 
you know, love to hate. Um, and she, uh, Tobias asks why, you know, like, what is she doing? <laughs> like, what did you need to do? Um, and she explains that, uh, there's a skunk mother, um, who has a litter of kits who's going to die. I know where, I think I know where they are more or less, but I can't get there walking like a human. For a moment, Tobias said nothing. Skunk kits near the edge of the Yurk logging compound? Yes. I can show you where they are. For a frozen moment of time, I refused to understand what he just said. I didn't want to think of why Tobias, why a red-tailed hawk, would know the exact location of a litter of skunk babies. I took a couple of deep breaths. I tried to keep my voice level. Are they still alive? There are four still alive, Tobias said. I felt an emotion I don't feel very often. I felt it boiling up inside me. I glared furiously at him, at the ripping talons, at the nastily curved beak. I could picture the scene in my mind, the way he would have swooped down, raked those talons forward, snatched the defenseless kit off the ground, and... I was shaking. I laced my fingers together just to stop them from trembling. I'm going to save what's left of them, I said. My voice didn't sound like my voice. I'll help you, Tobias said. <sighs> and again, it's that the choice of language. Mm -hmm. And you read this, and I think like the reality of Tob Tobias understands immediately what's going on. Yes. And you can tell that he probably feels guilty. Mm -hmm. And that's a shitty thing because he just has to live. Yep. And now his friend is looking at him like a murderer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so unbelievably shitty. Yep. And even then, he's still like, yes, I will help you. Yes. Because his suffering means less than anybody else's. Yes. And he feels compassion. It's, oh, suddenly these kits are more than just, you know. Mm -hmm. He probably felt terrible when he had to eat one. Yeah. Because he's still a person killing mm -hmm. a baby skunk. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the... He, he felt terrible then, had to push mm -hmm. it away because, again, mm -hmm. he's a predator and that's what hawks do. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that a little bit more later, but... Yeah. The... Go ahead. I just you feel like Cassie already clearly had I don't want to say be in her bonnet about this. She'd already mm -hmm. made this choice because she wouldn't have acquired the skunk morph otherwise. Right. And again, it's like that whole business with Rachel. It's just like Cassie has had the idea. She just hasn't gone through with it yet. Mm-hmm. And then she had that dream about being a mother. Mm-hmm. If she hadn't had that dream, she probably wouldn't be having such a strong emotional reaction. Mm-hmm. Because now I mean, and there comes an interesting thing, actually, and my brain is literally just occurring to me now. Because she acquired that skunk's DNA mm. and that need to protect your young is hardwired. Like, it's why us as humans react the way we do to crying children. Mm -hmm. Because it, there is something in us that's instilled to protect that. So, and yeah, and so... And now, as well as her own need to do such a thing, she's also opted into having Skunk Mama's emotional mm -hmm. baggage on the matter as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Um, I, I just hate the fact that she immediately removes Tobias's humanity. Like, she mm-hmm. already didn't give him very much. Mm-hmm. And then immediately... It's, it's, it's like he's confirmed for her that he's less than human. Yes. And it's shitty. It's awful. And yeah, I, and she doesn't talk to him now as they fly there. No. I didn't ask Tobias any questions and he didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, because and he, he, he po- yeah, and he points it out, and then he leaves. Mm-hmm. And she knows he's hurt. She's hurt him. Mm-hmm. And she's and it says, but to tell you the truth, I didn't care right then. Yep. Because right now she is putting the life of animals above the emotional well-being of her friends, <laughs> except for Tobias, apparently the animal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> Yeah. Gotta love double standards. And also, she is carrying a frozen grasshopper to feed to these kids. Mm-hmm. You were just having emotions about killing a termite. Mm-hmm. Because she killed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, and this comes to thing like a question that Tobias asks her later. It's just like, she doesn't have a problem with animals eating meat because she didn't have to kill what they're eating. Mm-hmm. If she did... Yeah. Well, they, it might be a different thing again. Yeah. So, I mean, I like for the fact that they emphasized that it was a veggie pizza that she ate as well. Just like, oh, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Just got to quickly underscore some details. <laughs> but yeah, she, she knows that Tobias is flying off to tell Jake. Yeah. To tell, to tell Jake what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and then she morphs. And I like that this is a, a fun morph. And I, I like the description of the fur because that's one of the things I mm-hmm. didn't know about skunks because they're not native here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, they were uh, legal to be had as pets for a while, um, <laughs> but they passed a law. I did some research. They passed a law that, that it was no longer deemed ethical for the uh, the scent gland to be mm. removed, which yeah. is what was done for them. And um, so now they're no longer so popular as pets. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough. <laughs> uh, but I think that's the only reason why there are any wild skunks in the UK mm. is because of that market and then people just releasing them. Oh, yeah. People fucking suck. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, it's one of those <clears throat> things that I watch with interest in American stuff because, like, we don't have them. Or if they do, there's only a couple of spots and, like, in maybe nature preserves and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think skunks are rad as hell. Yeah, they're, um, they're pretty I- awesome. But yeah, like, and I love how this really long, luxurious and dramatic fur, as it's mm-hmm. described, as comes in. And I love how it's described as this shuffling, waddling little friend. <laughs> like, I oh waddled over. Oh my God, over. we need to get. <gasps> if I went like, faster, I would just waddle faster. Yeah, I love this. My front paws could grasp and hold things. And I like this going. So they have hands. And just like, <laughs> and my brain just got, we need to get Dante a skunk more. <laughs> Danielle, season two. Please, I beg of you. <laughs> Needs to happen. Because then we can just, I'm going completely off topic, but I'd like you just to imagine the visual of a skunk and a Maine Coon cat just like curled up together. And it's Aww. very cute. That's very cute. Hashtag easy stickers. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and, and for the first time <clears throat> for a morph in this book, uh, she doesn't feel like it's predator or prey. It was the skunk's mind and instincts that seemed strangest of all. I've been inside minds that were all fear or all hunger, minds that were keyed up like they lived on adrenaline. But this mind, this package of instincts was so gentle, so unafraid. 
not cocky and swaggering like a big cat, just unafraid. You haven't been a cat, Cassie. <laughs> also, um, excuse, excuse me, uh, young Cassie, what about dolphins? Where do they fall in on uh... <laughs> you Like, yeah, they were keyed up. They were like children was how they mm-hmm. were described. But they weren't all fear or all hunger. They were about playing. Yeah. I feel like very Ace Attorney right now. I've got it just like a map, map spin playing it, so I keep seeing gifts. I've never played it, but I'm just vaguely aware. Like, objection. Yeah. Yeah. But I uh, like this description of, of of being, like, completely undermined. But also we have that fucking, again, judgmental quality mm-hmm. of being gentle. Mm-hmm. No sharp teeth or talons, and yet just about nothing in the forest messed with me. I felt the gentleness of absolute confidence. God, wouldn't that be a nice thing? I can. Yeah. I would aspire. I'm going to aspire to the gentleness of absolute confidence. <laughs> um, she goes yeah. in to the to the kits, um, and the babies are happy to see her. Yeah. Um, which of course they would be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she feeds them the grasshopper, um, and they all cuddle up next to her, and she falls asleep. Um. Uh, I suddenly felt sleepy. The meal was done. The kits wouldn't starve. And I was sleepy and very, very peaceful. Even in my sleep, I knew what was happening to me. See, I had always loved animals. Always. But now I think I was falling out of love. Nature wasn't all cute and fuzzy. The strong ate the weak. The weak ate the weaker. That's what the Yerks were doing. Trying to make prey out of the ultimate predator, Homo sapiens. Okay, Cassie. Mm-hmm. Um... And then she is rudely awoken by someone banging on the fucking tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Jake uh, because she fell asleep and it's almost been two hours. Um, Jake is there with Marco. Tobias is in the tree overhead. Uh, she races out of the burrow and instantly begins to demorph because as uh, romanticized as she has made the experience, she doesn't want to stay a skunk forever. Um. And here we get the excellent argument that Jade was talking about before. Um, do you Jake wanna... is pissed. He's pissed. <laughs> he is so pissed. <laughs> and what this all boils down to is just like, oh, look, the maddest with St. Jake is was because when he was scared that somebody he can't really, really cares about is going to be stuck as a more forever. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Also a general losing a soldier, but mm. mm-hmm. But either way, he is mad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, he's yelling at her as she morphs back, not even waiting for her to be human. Just like you were ten minutes away from spending the rest of your life as a skunk, and she's like, I fell asleep in thought speak, but she's not got a mouth yet. And he's like, Are you out of your mind? What is the matter with you? And she's like, I'd never noticed that Jake has this vein that kind of pops out on his forehead when he's furious. Just like, and she's like, Look, I'm sorry. I mumbled as I finished demorphing. He was a long way from forgiving me. This is not why we have this ability. We are not trying to save every lost skunk in the world, Jake granted. We are an army, a small, weak, pathetic, outnumbered army. We have exactly six members. Tobias has already been trapped in Morph, but he was trapped fighting the Yerks. I can't believe you would nearly get yourself trapped in Morph over some skunks. And it's Marco who has to step in and pull him back. Mm-hmm. And the, what he says to him is, look, it's okay, Jake. She's okay. And he's just like, thanks to Tobias, no thanks to her. 
Cat, if you hit stop on that control panel, I swear to Christ. <laughs> get down from dead. Thank you. He's now in my lap. <laughs> um, and he and he's doing this, and Cassie's just like, I didn't know what to say. I was too shocked. And to be honest, I was pretty horrified by what I'd almost done. And Marco, Tobias, take a walk, okay, Jake said. Then he turned and stood with his face just inches from mine, which is impressive given how much taller he apparently is than her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you had a real bad experience last night. I've been there. I've had the nightmares. I know what's going on in your head right now. And Cassie just tries to brush it off, like, I'm fine, I muttered. Just shut up and listen to me, he said, but the anger was gone now. I care about you, Cassie. We all do, and we all need you. To win, I said, you need me to fight battles. What if I don't want to fight any battles, any more battles? What if I've had enough? I've done enough. You've done far more than enough, a hundred times more than enough, but the Yerks are still here. I shrugged. The strong eat the weak, I said. It's part of nature. Humans always win. Other animals always lose. Maybe it's our turn to lose. Jake nodded. This isn't about some race called humans. It's about people we know. People we see every day. My brother Tom is one of them. So why don't you go tell Tom it's okay that he's a slave of the Yerks because it's our turn to get hammered. He turned and walked away. And then, then we get the whole thing fucking neutered by what comes next. Yeah. And uh, I'm mad about it. And so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's because they have this really intense scene. And then I feel like right when they got to the edge of it, they chickened mm -hmm. out and backed off. Um, because basically what happens is she calls out to him he, and stops him from walking away. And she basically says... Hey, I'm my look dad's after the babies. Yeah, I'm gonna look after these babies. The skunk skunk mother will be back in a couple of days, but I'm not going to abandon them. And he, she's just like, "Well, you can't stay in morph that long, and you know it." And she's like, "I know, but I have to. I have to make sure that there are no predators and that they have food, and uh, I have to morph at least some of the time so they can imprint on their mother here in the wild." Um, and I know it seems stupid to everyone, but I have to do it. And Tobias, of course, immediately pipes up that he'll help mm. <sighs> Tobias. Um, but then Jake is just like, yeah, Tobias will keep watch. We'll work something out. We'll save the lousy skunks. After all, it's not like we have anything else to do aside from saving the world. Thanks, Jake, I said. And sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I'll be okay now, I think. And then he smiles and says, I'll be okay too, Cassie, as long as you're around. And then like, Cass Marco's making a gagging noise because it's super sweet and they laugh. And it's like, it's so incongruous to what we just had. Mm -hmm. I feel like there needs to be another mini scene of transition between these two halves, at least. Mm -hmm. um, or to have him agree to help the skunks and still be mad. Like, yeah. to, to, to recognize that that kind of anger doesn't just evaporate. Mm -hmm. um. From both of them. Because, mm -hmm. like, Cassie, just because Cassie is cold in that scene, because, hi, hello, trauma, mm -hmm. um, like, fresh, brand spanking new, fresh out of the box trauma, she is callous in a way that she normally isn't. Yes. 
And normally Cassie wouldn't be that flippant and forget about like Tom. Mm-hmm. But she, because she's, she's angry too. She's angry at herself for falling asleep. Mm-hmm. She's got all this shit that she's trying to process right now. And somebody she really cares about was just yelling at her. Yes. Which feels bad. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes being yelled at, especially by people whose opinions they care about. Yeah. It reminds me of the argument between Jake and Axe in the last book. Mm. Where Axe kept remarking about how, you know, Jake was yelling at him and if he were in his Andalite body, he would, you know, just take it. But as a human, like, his, it got his adrenaline up. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of that. Yeah. Of that reactionary anger to anger. Mm-hmm. And could that is, it's, it's a biological response because adrenaline starts pumping because your body regards it as a threat. You are in mm-hmm. danger because somebody, and especially somebody significantly bigger than me, is up in my face and yelling. Mm-hmm. So your body's going to go into panic mode and you either run away or you fight. Mm-hmm. And so Cassie lashes out back, but just in a very cool, measured way. And because mm-hmm. she's tired, because depression will do that to you. Mm-hmm. And she's like channeling and she's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm feeling conflicted about my role in this war right now. So I'm going to channel this into looking after some babies. Yep. Cause that will be a concrete good act that I am doing that I won't feel conflicted about. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they're going to look after the babies. Yep. Uh, Marco comments on the slightly insaneness of it, yeah. that they're going to be raising little stinky skunk babies. And Rachel's just like, they're cute. Uh, what's so insane about that? <laughs> um, she thought it was ridiculous too, but she's my best friend and always backs me up. Good away. And Marco's just like, they're skunks. <laughs> uh, like he's the only normal person. And again, the casual ableism. Eh. Yeah. And just like, they're cute, Rachel said, glaring at Marco and generally looking like a girl who never used the word cute. Ah, I see. Cute. Well, that certainly explains everything. <laughs> and Jake apparently no longer mad at Cassie at all. Cassie can't take them to the clinic or they get used to humans. They're young, they'll imprint. So we're taking care of these, these skunks until mommy skunk can come back from the hospital. And Axe is just like, are skunks a sacred animal to humans? <laughs> and bless her. Mark is just like, all animals are scared, sacred to Cassie. She's Dr. Doolittle and that animal guy who comes on Letterman all rolled into one. And I think I even am aware of that. I think I have seen clips mm-hmm. or just like of animal experts, experts on like yeah. talk shows. Mm-hmm. And actually just like, but you eat some animals. Axe pointed out cows, pigs, sheep, dogs. We don't eat dogs, I said. In some countries they do. I read it in the World Almanac. We had given Axe a world almanac to help him learn about Earth. Ever since then, he'd become an expert on useless information or perhaps being able to call you out on your hypocrisy, question mark. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And um, casual racism. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we don't eat dogs in this country, Rachel said. Do you eat cats? And then Jake's just like, uh, excuse. <laughs> just like <laughs> pinching Can his nose. <laughs> getting a headache. I could understand why. Just like, we're 300 yards from the edge of the locking compound. They have sensors. They have guards. So eyes is up. They're keeping an eye out. So we're safe for now, but we can't get careless. Cassie tells them what to do. And Cassie lays down the plan about how they're going to be looking after the babies. Yeah, basically just doing shifts. And Cassie will bring Tobias food. And so there he... comes that again. Yep. So he doesn't have to hunt. 
and we get the great line of lean cuisine frozen mouse entrees. <laughs> and just I like, heard that. I heard, and, Dubai, and Mark is just like, I know, <laughs> which, which is which is the good shit I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cassie lays it out and Mark's just like, puts his hand up and is like, yes, Marco. Do we get some Save the Skunk t-shirts and bumper stickers? Because he's clearly trying to make light of it and then Cassie's just like, no one has to do this. Look, I know it seems stupid. And then we get this speech from Marco and it's just like, nah, it's not stupid. Let's see. I'm behind in my homework. My dad thinks I've joined a gang because I'm never around. I don't sleep much because every time I try, I'm suddenly a termite again and I wake up screaming. I never get to just sit around and watch TV. And in my spare time, I have to help figure out how we're going to keep the Yerks from turning some guy named Farrand into a controller so they can wipe out the forest and hunt down the bird boy in the universe's only almanac reading out <laughs> Andalite. I mean, I knew the middle school years would be tough, but this is a little much. <laughs> Jake gave Marco a long, skeptical look. So in other words, you'll be glad to help. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, this little speech reminds me of when in Marco's book, we have those moments where he like says something and then realizes he's being too sincere and then jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think the way that I read this is not, it's not stupid being genuine and sincere mm-hmm. because he can understand why she would want to have control over this one mm-hmm. small thing. Yeah. But then he's been too serious, so he has to joke about it. <laughs> uh huh. Exactly. Yeah. I also read that. Nah, it's not stupid, it's serious. Like, yeah. It's sincere, sorry. Um, and then again, Marco phrasing. Mm-hmm. about like how it's kind of a relief that Cassie, I don't want to read this, but is crazy. We know Rachel's nuts. We know I'm crazy. Cassie's been the only sane one for so long. And then welcome to the loony bin, Cassie. Save the skunks, hug the trees, let dogs vote. And while, again, wrapped in casual ableism, and that's something we should maybe add to the book-specific content warnings. Oh, yeah. Um, There's a lot of it just, here. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate that, as I said, for all that it's wrapped up in Marco nonsense, he is just like, yo, we're all traumatized. It's okay. Yeah. He's basically mm-hmm. saying what Tobias said. He's just mm-hmm. being very Marco about it. Yes. Um, and we're then we all get in this boat. Yes. So. And then we get Cassie, uh, where we've seen Marco where. For Tobias, Marco making fun of him makes him uh-huh. feel included. Not um, so much for Cassie. Not so much for Cassie, but it's like she can recognize that this is Marco trying to kind of return things to normal uh-huh. by making fun. Uh, Marco always made fun of my being an environmentalist. But then usually it was okay because I knew what I believed in. Now his humor cut just a little deeper. I wasn't saving the whales or the panda or the spotted owl. I was saving a handful of skunks. There were plenty of skunks in the world. They weren't exactly endangered. It all went back to the termite queen, a bug. I had killed a bug and for some reason that had shaken my deepest faith. Maybe Marco was right. And it's just like... That's so frustrating because that's not what he's getting at. Yeah. Like... That and that's just so frustrating to me. Like, because when, like, she echoes his statement about her, mm-hmm. and like, he's not saying that your beliefs are what's strange. Mm-hmm. He sees you because Marco sees people. That's his thing, mm-hmm. and he's trying to say just like this is you. 
and even traumatized, you're still you and we accept you. Yeah. And she feels called out because she's having a crisis of self right now. Mm -hmm. And so she takes it the wrong way and thinks that he's saying that because of her belief. Right. Yeah. And it's like, that's real sad. Mm hmm. Yep. Um, but then we have some good, wholesome kids looking after baby skunks, yep. which Marco names after the Ramones. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, at first, Cassie's the only one to morph the skunk, then Axe, and then the others. Cassie is weirdly jealous. Mm -hmm. Which I can, I can, I can kind of understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and she, three days later, she goes out to the skunk burrow, finds Tobias flying cover. Um, <laughs> how's it going? Well, we had a little excitement. A hungry badger stopped by to check things out, but I chased him off. So the kits are all right. There are still four of them, if that's what you mean, Tobias answered. But they won't stay inside. They keep coming out and looking around, especially Marky. This isn't good, especially if they do it at night. I love just the casual name. <laughs> like, they've clearly identified the four of them, and there's enough differences that you can exactly tell. Yeah. Uh, the one with the white stripe that kind of goes really wide, that's Joey. <laughs> um. um. Cassie yeah, says she's so, going to take the kids mm -hmm. for a walk. and, and uh, It's cute and good. Yep. And tells Tobias to take a break. Uh, mm -hmm. Stretch your wings. Um, I really appreciate like having like, the kids, like, kits, sorry, line up behind, mm -hmm. behind yeah. her. Marky make a, made a wild dash outside and I had to scamper off to catch up to him. And the kids queue up because that's what I love. The visual of baby animals following a mama animal always just makes. It's mm -hmm. so pure and good. It's very cute. Um, but yeah, and they 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 follow her, and she's waddling along, feeling weird, like kind of strange but happy about it. Mm -hmm. um, she it starts to occur to her that maybe she should be teaching them to hunt, uh, and then those thoughts are interrupted by a, <laughs> a wild, noisy dog running at mm -hmm. them, <laughs> barking. Uh, I I love that a wolf would have known better. A wolf would have seen the black and white fur and decided he had an appointment somewhere else. A bear would have known. Just about any wild animal knew better than to know an adult skunk. But this big, happy dog was not wild. He lived with humans. He knew absolutely nothing about skunks. <laughs> um, without thinking, like Cassie adopts the uh, the warning signal that was described to us earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, the kids are watching her like, okay, so what do we do about predators? <laughs> um, and then, um, she sprays this dog and <laughs> I, at just the instance when I fired, I had the same sensation that I knew this dog from somewhere, but it was too late by then. Way too late. <laughs> um, and yeah. And then there's the moment of after the dog is horrified by what's happened. Uh, okay. It still hasn't clicked for Cassie quote this is and then she hears Jake <laughs> just like Homer and it's what's Homer. the matter oh oh Homer <laughs> I and, have uh, said Marco's things in that exact laughing. tone of voice <laughs> I just love this like everyone sh everyone shows up Marco's pissing himself laughing um, 
And just like, I love how Cassie has that moment of seriously considered pretending to be some other skunk. Like, maybe she's a little embarrassed by it. <laughs> and, and then this is a fucking great moment of, man, that's nasty. And then just acts just like, fascinating. That is possibly the worst thing I have ever smelled. <laughs> and, um, and there's this great moment. Jake loves how we just like, no, you're going home by this. And, and I believe the smell is causing me to become deranged. I may have to run away in panic. Take me with you, Mark. I'm at it. It's just, oh, I'm so happy about fucking Axe's reaction. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's just gorgeous. It's perfect, funny, and I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she explains to Jake, like, hey, I'm sorry I did that. Uh, Homer will be okay if you bathe him in tomato juice and leave him outside for a few days. Um, because the acidity of the tomato juice uh, deactivates the, the stench. Ah. Um, Science. <laughs> Uh, so basically the others are here, uh, because they found out that Farrand isn't coming, uh, at the end of the week. He's coming now. Um, they have an hour to make plans and get ready. Um, everybody's kind of just like, I don't, what do we do? Um, Mm -hmm. and Axe says, well, they may just try to persuade him and not have to try to not have to yerk him because they do prefer voluntary controllers. Tobias points out that, hey, uh, the Yerks just fucking started tearing down trees. They don't care what Farrand sees, which means that they're definitely planning on Yerking Farrand. Um, Mm -hmm. And they (laughs) they're like, all right, so what are we going to do? And Marco says, uh, hey, no one messes with the skunks. it's, well, actually, first it's Axe who points it out. Uh, yeah, the, the then he focuses his two, the... his two stock eyes on the skunk burrow. The small ones are right in the path of the loggers, if Tobias is correct. That's so um, cute. The I know. Small one. And Marco just like, those skunks are under official animorph protection. Um. He winks at Cassie, gives her this mocking clench, especially, save the skunks, Earth sister. <laughs> it's like Marco is such a big pain in the butt, but then just when you think he's going to drive you crazy, he'll come through big time for you. Yeah, yeah those are our skunks. Rachel said, "No one messes with our skunks." And then Jake's like, "Excuse me, hello, a plan, a plan, please." <laughs> uh, and this and, time, mm-hmm. uh, Cassie starts and then actually does volunteer a plan, mm-hmm. which is if Farrand is the key, we need to grab him. So, well, they need to grab the key. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this. Grab Farrand, Marcus said. Simple, elegant, and yet, given the yerk power in that compound of theirs, completely suicidal. I'm surprised at you, Cassie. Usually Rachel's the one to come up with a totally suicidal plan. He's like, you have a better idea? And he asked Marco, we could go home and watch TV. I'll take that as a no. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, okay, we then we do this. We snatch this Farrand guy as soon as he shows up. In the meantime, we have to slow down those tree-cutting machines. Rachel yep. grins, and Cassie feels sick, and yep. we have the chapter break. Uh, Jake sends Cassie with Tobias, which I think probably is because he recognizes that Cassie and Tobias have shit to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also, basically, I would argue that apart from a wolf, Cassie doesn't have a big enough. It's true. Battle morph either mm-hmm. to to fuck with machines. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so but Tobias yes, and her go to see if they can get mm. Farrand. The others uh-huh. go to uh, mm-hmm. delay the uh, machines. I love that there's this fucking exchange once the others have gone. And it's just Cassie and Tobias there. Mm-hmm. She's just like, you and me, I guess. And he says, I'm always glad to have you along. Mm-hmm. Um, and she starts morphing her offspray morph, which is uh, the only thing that can keep up with Tobias in the air. And uh, we have arguably the uh, another thesis statement of the... Uh, mm-hmm. We have this... Uh, and Cassie's apologizing. Um, and she, well, really, I'd argue she wants to do this for her as much as anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get this off my chest. I'm sorry I got mad at you over the skunk kit. You were just doing what you had to do. Uh, this is actually small things. Just like, I could live off the food you guys brought me, Tobias said. I don't have to hunt. Okay, then why do you? Because I'm not just a human. I'm also a hawk. Hawks hunt live prey. Would it be better if I let you do my killing for me? Is it more moral if I eat a frozen mouse you get from some supplier? Look, Tobias, I know all about how nature works. I know about predators and prey. Yes, we've noticed you're a bit fixated. <laughs> it's just it's just confusing. I mean, where does right and wrong come into it? And there it fucking is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess if I were running around killing animals I didn't intend to eat, that would be wrong. But hawks have a right to live just as much as a mouse or a skunk. And then they head off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Welcome to Morality with Danielle and Jade. Yeah. So here's the thing. It would definitely be more humane if Tobias ate frozen thawed mice. Because hawks, especially beauties like Tobias is are bad about killing their prey before they start eating them. Uh, usually the prey dies because of dismemberment. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but that's... <laughs> yeah, please continue. Yeah, it's... Uh, they're... Because hawks don't care. Hawks don't have to care. They're hawks um and it is it with the tools that they have it's always going to be slightly more difficult to kill something very quickly especially when you have to when you're worried about other things coming and taking your kill Uh um so a lot of times they'll grab it and they might try and eat it there on the ground or they'll take it up to a perch Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, sometimes it so happens that whatever critter's death is fast, and sometimes it very much is not, um, yeah. just because of the way that it happens. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, I can see how Tobias would think this and i i would understand why tobias would think this and in a very abstract sort of way mm-hmm. you know it is it is true that is it more moral to eat a frozen mouth mouse than uh than to hunt it right mm-hmm. um especially because you know there is 
there are some arguments about whether the uh, euthanasia process for rats, which is usually by carbon dioxide poisoning, um, mm-hmm. you know, how humane it is for the rat, the, the mice and rats. Um, but generally it's considered more humane than dismemberment. Um, mm-hmm. So it like, if you have uh, any kind of animal that eats prey like mm-hmm. this, it's generally considered better if you can mm-hmm. get them to eat frozen thawed. Um, mm-hmm. Not least because it's just way easier to get your supply that way. Like I order, sure. I order mice for Jesse in uh, a huge box at a time, like 13 bags of 50 mice at a time, six months mm-hmm. at a time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I, su- I suppose then the problem is it's not a question of, but it's the question of morality. Yeah. And the difference between is something moral versus is something humane. Yeah, that's true. And that is a different perspective to take. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate being informed more about the way <laughs> the bit. You are much more informed in the eating habits of birds of prey, funnily <laughs> enough. <laughs> Education verbs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, so I will disregard some of my previous stuff uh, that I had written because uh, you have explained. But uh, I said, I think... A mora- invoking a morality argument here is questionable, but um, animals that are bred to be food mm-hmm. reg- and humanely killing them, I don't think it's any different from a human having a steak. Mm-hmm. And so the argument, I feel, kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I, as I said, I feel it's kind of a fitting argument for Tobias, who is already feeling distanced from his humanity. Yeah. To make that argument. And I think yeah. also, as the conversation goes on, which is like, maybe he's actually asking it, like, what would you have me do, Cassie? What do you think is right? Yeah. This matters so much to you. I saw the way you looked at me. Mm-hmm. Do you think I should be doing this instead? Mm-hmm. But also just like, just like the whole enrichment thing. Like, granted, Jake was feeding him the wrong stuff, but <laughs> Tobias was so depressed Yeah, when he was being brought food. Mm-hmm. Like, enrichment is important yeah. for animals. Well, in this case, too, it's not... Uh, Tobias has a... can't feel like a burden. If he feels like a burden, he wants to yeah, kill himself. Bad. Uh, yeah, bad. Yeah. Um. And which you said that would have been a valid argue, a, b- a mm-hmm. better argument he could have made. Just like your parents are going to notice, yeah, the amount that probably needs to be eaten. Yeah, like, feeding gonna- a single bird every day uh, mm-hmm. is, I mean, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And they don't always have birds of prey at the wildlife re- rehabilitation mm-hmm. center, so they're going to notice if that stuff is going. Yeah, and if- and I mean, like. It cost me $800 a year to feed this bird. Mm. Um, 800 to 1000 it depends on the price yeah. of mice. Like, mm-hmm. they would notice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I, I do wish that they had taken that tact. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the truth is that they didn't think about it. Um, no, probably because not. Because most people don't. Most people think, oh, yes, the bird 
kills the prey by just squeezing the life out of it. I didn't know that this was what happened for a long time. Um, yeah. And so in that case, yeah, I mean, a, a sudden death from above, how mm-hmm. is that more or less moral than mm-hmm. raising them to kill them? Yeah. And that's where it comes into, and that wraps back into the, but the whole statement of this book is ascribing morality mm-hmm. to animals and ascribing the predator-prey dynamic to people. Mm-hmm. And like the limited ability, the limited amount that you can do that because yeah. it's not a one for one comparison, mm-hmm. nor should it be. Yep. I do like this kind of ending statement we get from Tobias because mm-hmm. Tobias, of course, is the one who is most okay with living in the gray areas mm-hmm. because that's his entire life now is yeah. is the gray area between hawk and human. Um, and I just love this. I guess if I were running around killing animals I didn't intend to eat, that would be wrong. But we have a right to live just as much as a mouse or a skunk. Um, and I think that is... I wish that were the morality that Cassie takes, but I don't mm-hmm. think she takes that away from this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it kind of... Like she she repeats it back in in her own internal monologue a little later, but I don't think yeah. she truly internalizes it. Yeah, um, because we do. We have this the two of them flying, um, and we have like the way she takes in the details about how the osprey have been designed for flying high and finding prey, mm-hmm. and how she can see clearly, uh, like the effect that the loggers logging is already doing. And they fly over a stream and she can clearly see the fish there. Mm-hmm. And like she can feel the osprey's brain considering the situation, uh, calculating the angles, planning the way it would skim low, then lower. It's ripping talons at just the perfect moment to strike. Uh, to snatch a fish right out of the water, I knew that Tobias was making the same calculations as he flew over mice and rats and rabbits and skunks. Tobias and I were two superb, beautiful killers. And again, that choice of words, mm-hmm. riding the wind while our prey cowered beneath us. But he was right. We had as much of a right to live as any of our prey, and we had been designed by millions of years of evolution to be predators. Mm-hmm. Uh, and keep that in mind mm-hmm. for later books, because that that idea of, well, humans are predators and therefore we kind of have to act as predators, comes back. Um, another, another ominous statement from Danielle. Yeah. It's, Great. it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they catch up on this Jeep. Uh, they figure out that it's controllers, uh, the, the driver and the person in the front of this Jeep are controllers. Uh, guy in the back seat who's looking around, seeming very interested, is Farrand. Mm-hmm. Um, and they figure out that when they arrive, Farron's reaction will tell them if he's been yerked yet. Uh, mm-hmm. As the because uh, because the logging's already gone ahead, he'll be pissed if mm-hmm. uh, if he's still human, and yep. a yerk won't care. Um. And she asks the question, "What do we do? I mean, if he's a controller already?" And Tobias says, "I don't know. I guess we focus on attacking the logging operation itself." 
And then Cassie points out, uh, really? You know what we'd do if he were a non-human controller? We'd go after him and whatever happened, happened, right? You mean, like a termite? Tobias asked dryly. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean, I said. Look, Cassie, you're human. Homo sapiens. Your job is to keep yourself and your species alive. That's all nature wants from you. That's the whole point of evolution, to survive. He sounded angry. Um, survive, I said flatly. That's the law of nature, the number one na law, and humans are part of nature. Then so are the Yerks, and we're no better than them. I guess we'll have to worry about that one later, Tobias said. Look, because Farron is very angry and therefore is not a controller, and so this discussion is moot here. Mm -hmm. But also just like... I'm mad at Cassie because she's making this argument in the wrong direction. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, she's arguing, mm -hmm. well, we should well, we should attack him if he's a controller because we attack all the non-human controllers as opposed to, well, we probably should be Not better ab the <laughs> about how we're doing the non-human controllers. Um, and also just like, it, she's so close to getting it. Like, yeah, because... He, sure, humans are a part of nature on Earth. The Yerks are not part of nature on Earth. No, they're a parasitic invasion. That's the point. They're not <laughs> supposed to be here. They're upsetting the natural balance. Yes, and she even she even gets close to that when she describes how the you know the the machines are slicing through the trees. Already there was an ugly scar of stumps, a scar that spread like some terrible disease, eating the forest away, like. Mm -hmm. It's clear that this is very much an unnatural uh, kind of attack upon nature. And so you can, and, and she had, when was it? Um, oh, with the whales, yeah. Where it was like Mother Earth herself had come out to defend against this parasitic invasion, right? This invader. Mm -hmm. She's so close. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's so frustrating to mm -hmm. see her get so close like and then just so close to getting it. And then veer off in a totally different direction. And it's like, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm really looking forward to uh, this is a dumb kids interlude. Uh, Kel's already learned Yerkish. Mm hmm. I'm really looking forward to um, them getting Jen Gra to teach them how to speak Hawk Bajir. <laughs> and then going like, we've got to stop killing your Hawk Bajir. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh -huh. Can't wait. Ugh. It's good. Anywho. Mr. Green um, is here. <laughs> he's always here. Uh, <laughs> in fun human morph. Yep. Which. Um, yeah. Da, 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 da. Uh Tobias who only saw him the once, but just like recognize him because there is the vibe. Mm -hmm. The the uh the uh verifiable evil aura yep. that makes everybody feel uncomfortable. Uh Visser Three. Off. Yeah. Visor Three the human is uh smiling, not a nice smile. Uh the <laughs> others are busy with the machine, so it's up to Tobias and Cassie. Visser Three just fucking slaps this motherfucker. <laughs> Such a good visual. Just like, where's that? Where's that fucking messy bitch sticker yeah. that isn't made? <laughs> mm. Can you good. imagine being this dude, like being a commissioner, commissioner, 
okay, I gotta check uh-huh. out this fucking logging company. Because I'm the deciding vote on whether they can do what they're doing. You arrive here. They've already they've started, started logging. Y- logging uh-huh. And you go up to talk to the person and he just fucking slaps you. <laughs> yeah. Not even punches you either, which is possibly yeah. what you'd maybe expect from like a mask presenting person, but just literally getting bitch slapped by this <laughs> three. A guy that probably makes you feel acutely uncomfortable and you don't know why. Because mm-hmm. we've seen it said that everybody feels the Vista yeah. 3 aura. Yeah. So, just like, who is this dude with bad vibes that just slapped me? <laughs> just uh, like, what are you doing? But then uh, we get some dive bombing burbs. Yep. Uh, like, okay, we got to do this. Um, I like, she rakes uh, Visser 3's scalp. Um, mm-hmm. At the same instant, Tobias hit one of the guys from the Jeep. Tobias has more experience than I do. His aim is better. The guy he hit would be wearing an eye patch for the rest of his life. Yeehaw! <laughs> uh, Farron uses the opportunity and tries to bolt. Um, Doesn't get very caught. far. He does not. Um, but we can see that there is, uh, in the distance, Rachel and Marco in Wolf Morph tackling the machines, and there's the blur of black and orange of mm-hmm. uh, Jake and Tiger Morph. Yep. Um, Axe gets, gets in there to help yep. Rachel um, which is good she's like the nearest guard turned to take a shot Axe's tail flashed and the controller no longer had a way to pull a trigger mm-hmm. I appreciate with them coming out with different ways to um, euphemistically mm-hmm. describe Axe t- cutting people's hands off <laughs> <laughs> seriously like, like so many people are going to end up in this town without like mm-hmm. missing digits or hands and eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just um, but yes, so this is going. Um, Cassie gets shot, mm-hmm. collapses to the ground, um, or crashes into the ground and passes out. And when she wakes up, she's in a box. Um, uh, because with the unconscious Farrand. Yeah, so it's a big box, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and. Uh, we get in the... theory, it's big enough to hold a demorphed andalite. So, in theory, yeah. Um, yeah. The we get the description of Farrand as like this old dude. Um, mm-hmm. Visser three is yelling at his people to get the perimeter defenses and to keep the eye on the box. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> if anything, no matter how small, tries to get out of there, destroy it. There's an andalite mm-hmm. bandit in that box, and there had better be an andalite bandit in that box when this is over. <laughs> flashback to Visser 3 on the blade ship with Axe. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so this great. We have the uh, force field goes up. Uh, Visser 3's demorph. And Cassie has this moment. Uh, she starts uh, demorphing out of mm-hmm. the Osprey morph and is morphing into human when Farron's eyes flicker open and she's like part on her way to being in a skunk morph. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is fucking incredible. I love this. Cassie yep. in crisis mode is so fucking dope. Yes. Because she doesn't have time to think. Uh, she thought speaks to Visser 3. Monotone yep. voice, no long conversation, as few words as possible, no images of any kind, and threatens and project vo- thought speaks to Visser 3 that she will kill the human. Yeah. Because you can't make a controller out of a corpse. Yeah. And Visser 3 is just like, okay, weapons on the box. The, bo- the door flies open. And in a beautiful repeat of earlier, um, 
they fucking Visser 3 threatens to fire at Cassie and uh, she fires first and Visser 3 gets a face full of skunk <laughs> juice. And it's glorious. <laughs> a skunk can fire its scent in five to seven shots. She hits the viscera in the face, hits the nearest hawk bajir, hits two human controllers, just fucking <laughs> coats the room. Turn, discovers that hawk bajir have a have a pretty excellent sense of smell. Is very unsympathetic about it. <laughs> the hawk bajir uh, are the first to panic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so the hawk bajir, uh, like axe, actually have that. I thought you it almost sort of played it off as a laugh earlier, just like mm-hmm. this scent is making me feel like quite deranged. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think um, that makes sense. Like utter sensory overload is a nightmare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great. Like the fact they run, Vista 3, everybody runs away from Skunk Cassie. Who yeah, they all run out the of doorway. the out of the fucking compound and <laughs> Cassie's just looking at them from the doorway. Uh-huh. And uh, there we have the... Uh, the face off mm-hmm. uh, on either sides of the force field. We've got um, the rest of the animorphs on the outside, and uh, Jake's like, "What happened?" And goes, "Just like I sprayed them. I don't like it." Um, <laughs> it's just fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Jake fills Axin, who does the communicating, and this is fucking great. They decide to try and do a bargain, mm-hmm. uh, and Ax is just like, "Your ship is gonna stink." <laughs> it will and never Vista go away. Just like the smell will go away, and one of the control human controllers is about to be like, "Visa, don't interrupt me." And just like you were saying, just like seven Earth days, it'll go away. If you're in the open air in a spacecraft, airtight, closed up, cramped, you'll never lose the smell. <laughs> and um, thanks to Andalite chemical technology, there's a way to remove the stench. Fucking great. Let Farrand go free. He hasn't seen anything. Uh, and we'll give you the secret of neutralizing the stench. And we all walk away. And like, Visser is Visser, screaming. He's so pissed. And Axe is just like, we both know how impossible it is to remove a smell <laughs> once it gets into a spacecraft. You would need a full refitting and a major space talk. Your blade ship would be intolerable. And Visser 3 is just like, uh, get the human. That's <laughs> the fucking best. <laughs> and the hork bajir he instructs is just like very reluctant to go back and Visser 3 is like this has not been a good day for me would you really <laughs> like to feel as bad as I do <laughs> I love that so much <laughs> it's just fucking I love these moments <clears throat> of humor it's just yes. incredible yeah. but uh, Farrand is um, you just like have one of your men drive him to the human hospital the nearest human hospital. When he's safe, we'll tell you the secret. No, no tricks. Um, and yeah, there's Tobias up above. Like you do realize that one day I will have you all. Vista three said, with all your clever tricks, I will still find you. No, I do not think so. Ag said, we are sure to smell you coming. Just sort of like, <laughs> yeah, my baby boy's learning shit talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hanging out with Marco is having yeah. a clear impact. <laughs> They had to do all that uh, important computer work on Marco's home computer. Uh-huh. Oh my god. So Farrand is driven to the hospital. Axe tells Vissa 3 how a certain kind of juice would help get rid of the skunk smell and the Vissa was still screaming when he disappeared into the woods. Yep. The skunk mother is reunited with her babies. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody is uh, 
sentimental about it. They grow up mm-hmm. so fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but what's great, uh, Jake did some spying on Farrand in the hospital. Um, he has voted uh, and heard that Farrand voted against the logging in the forest and, in fact, has declared that he will never listen to another word from Daps and Lumber and is probably going to be pressing charges. Mm-hmm. Um, it also seemed, according to Farron, that even the animals of the forest had risen up against the loggers. He claimed that he himself had been visited by the spirit of a giant skunk with the eyes of a human girl. It's like, oh my <laughs> lordy. Um, mm. But yes, they've won, effectively, at least this, yep. this battle. And as they're walking back uh, towards Cassie's home from the skunk den, <clears throat> Jake... Uh, hangs back with Cassie. You don't seem all that happy, Jake said. You miss being a skunk mommy? I smiled. No. I mean, yes, a little, but that's not it. So, what's bothering you? I shrugged. Nothing makes sense to me. Tobias eats one of the skunk kits, then he helps save the rest. I kill the termite queen to save myself and my friends, then I feel bad about it. But when it came down to it again, I went after Visser 3 without hesitation. One minute, I was a rat being chased by guys with sticks. The next minute, I'm bringing dead mice to Tobias. Who's guarding skunks? Who is guarding skunks he would normally have tried to eat? Somehow, it's part of the same big system. How does it all make sense? And Jake, bless his heart. (laughs) Jake looked like he was sorry he started the conversation. Um, Boy, Cassie, I don't know. (laughs) Okay, just tell me this. Am I part of nature, or should I just live by the laws of... Am I a part of nature, so I should just live by the laws of nature, kill to eat, kill or be killed? Or am I something different because I'm a human? We walked in silence while Jake thought it over. I felt sorry for him. I know he'd rather have been discussing Spider-Man versus Batman with Marco. Well, I guess you're both, Jake said at last. I mean, you were the person who got rid of the termite queen. You're also the person who went out of her way to save a bunch of skunks, just like Tobias ate a skunk kit one day, then saved the next. That's not much help, I said. That just means humans are kind of in between, still partly wild animals doing whatever it takes to survive, and partly, partly I don't know what, maybe something more than the other animals. Like, yeah, Cassie, that's, that's it. You, that's well what it means. You, that is, in fact, what it, it means. <laughs> well, I know one thing. All the animals take care of themselves, but only one animal has the intelligence and the power to help save all the other species. I nodded. You're pretty smart sometimes, Jake, I said. Just sometimes? You're right. Only one animal can help save all the other animals. Only humans can do that. Of course, we have to save ourselves first. It's still too complicated. I saw a shadow flash overhead and I looked up and saw Tobias. He dropped down into the trees and reappeared on a branch just up the trail. And we get a hard curve into the humor ending because Tobias Mm -hmm. is in a good fucking mood. This is so cute. (laughs) He's just like, hi, Cassie. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. And I'm just like... Bless this child. (laughs) I've just been checking on our friends at the logging camp. They now have two entire truckloads of juice. They made trip after trip for juice. They dug out a big pit in the ground and made a kind of swimming pool filled with the stuff. Visser 3 has been in it most of the night and all this morning. Judging by the way everyone is staying back, I'm guessing he still stinks. Plus, Tobias added with a slightly evil laugh, the viscera is now a very lovely, attractive shade of purple. Gee, that's too bad, Rachel said. I feel so sorry for him. Soon he may begin to suspect the truth, Axe said. Think maybe we should have told him the truth? That it's tomato juice, not grape juice that washes away skunk smell, I asked. We all looked (laughs) at each other and broke up laughing at the same moment. Nah, I didn't think so. 
Uh, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it is. <sighs> Again, if it, I, I appreciate this is books for children, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like kids can handle. Yes. Dark. So I appreciate it is the animorphs' way to end on like a kickflip into the sunset or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's it's a shame when it feels like it comes at the expense of something landing. Mm-hmm. With the weight that it deserves to. Yeah. So. And I'm still frustrated with Cassie. Like, oh, I guess it's too complicated. I'll never figure <sighs> it out. <laughs> like, Cassie, come on. Buddy, work with me here. Your friend Tobias is literally a bird. Mm-hmm. He can understand it. Yeah, and I suppose that because, and again, it is so hard for her to think outside of these binaries. Yes. It's like, so what, humans are not quite either. Yeah. That, that, that's it, buddy. <laughs> you got it in one. Yeah, I'm sorry the answer is both simpler and incredibly complicated within that <laughs> but that, that that that'd be what it is and i mean it, this is it it's almost a good lesson because like on the one hand as a kid you're going to have these moments of realization where oh this is actually a lot more complicated than it seemed on the surface nothing is ever completely black and white but instead mm-hmm. of like leaving it at that conclusion and saying yes nothing is ever black and white we have cassie just kind of go like oh well it's so complicated like i'll never understand it and it's like yeah you can mm-hmm. it doesn't gotta be this way <laughs> um i suppose that leads us quite neatly into uh the discussion point that joel Mm -hmm. Uh, gave us about uh, he said uh, he'd be interested in hearing our thoughts on this round of books for each character Um, whereas the first set outlines each character's reason for fighting these next series or arc or round kind of sets up complications and struggles both external and internal that these characters will continue to face going forward Mm -hmm. Um, we haven't mm -hmm. go ahead Go. I was going to say, well, starting with Cassie, uh, because mm-hmm. we haven't seen Marco's yet. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is the next book a Marco book? Yes. Wicked. Um, but yeah, so for Cassie, it's like examination of, because uh, obviously the, her reason for fighting was to save yeah, the world for the animals mm-hmm. as much as it is for the people. And um, as we've seen here, this sort of unpacking of, having to be different from them but being very caught up in that view of the animals versus her view of humanity mm-hmm. and how one doesn't map neatly onto the other yeah um in part and parcel of that what we've been talking about sort of consistently throughout the point we're coming back to is how cassie sees herself as prey mm-hmm. how she doesn't want to be a predator because yes. she sees being a predator as a bad thing yes as we've said time and time again with the way she describes predators. Mm-hmm. So, and so as an extension that the point that you wrote down is just like, for her, it's about like what kind of violence is and isn't okay. Who is it okay to hurt and to kill? Yep. And what are you justified in doing if it yep. means survival? 
Mm-hmm. So it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It is a lot. Um, but for the other characters that we've seen, um, uh, yeah. So for Axe, and these are all. Um, a lot of these are. Like Joel said, these are the the complications and struggles that are set up here, and we'll see them have to contend with these over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, And in some ways, it is frustrating because it seems like they're fighting the same fight over and over again, Um, and and it's it's very cyclical in that way. Um, But on the other hand, I think as we mentioned last time. you know, just because you can come to a conclusion doesn't mean you can stick to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we see with Axe, his big struggle is which of his peoples will he choose to side with? Will he side with mm-hmm. the Andalites or will he side with this new kind of found family here on right. Earth? Um, and he's going to continue to have to wrestle with that over and over as they brush up against the Andalites over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Rachel, uh, it's very much the choice to not only stay in the fight and to fight, but to be a fighter, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, the choice between being a normal person, quote unquote, and being the uh warrior mm-hmm. um xena warrior princess mm-hmm. um and that will also come up over and over again is that is although with rachel i think rachel is one of the ones who gets maybe the best character arc in some ways because she makes this choice here and then we see the consequences of that choice over and over again where she still mm-hmm. kind of continues to make this choice as we go on. Um, but it always is like the next step forward and the next step forward and like the pushing of that line. Yeah. Um, and for Jake, uh, his struggle is centered around Tom and what will he do when he has to go against Tom? Um, will he be able to make the right kind of decisions when? his brother is on the line yeah and that central fear for him um kind of informs how he makes all of his other decisions Mm -hmm. because he has to kind of set up these systems uh so that he can feel some sort of confidence in himself yep aren't you excited (laughs) Yes, I am incredibly excited. <laughs> Terrified, but excited. <laughs> you're going to suffer, but you're going to be happy about it. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I am looking forward to seeing the arcs and how they shift and grow as people and don't grow and looking forward to getting angry about poor characterization. This is a good <laughs> process. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think of this book as a whole? We've kind of, we talked a lot about it. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
I found it emotionally very resonant in places. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it frustrating, and the parts of it I liked, I really liked. Mm-hmm. So a bit of an up and down, but I felt like the quality of the writing was for the most part very good as well. Yeah, actually, this felt pretty a, a strong one. Mm-hmm. So, like, I wouldn't find Cassie so frustrating if it wasn't so well written. Because mm-hmm. we get so much of her internal stuff, and she's mm-hmm. like, "I can see why you think that," and I'm mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, we wouldn't be able to talk for like three and a half hours if there wasn't stuff there to talk about. Yep, yep. Uh, did you have a favorite part? Mm. It seems odd to call it a favorite part, mm-hmm. but I. I really dug the argument between Jake and Cassie, mm-hmm. like from a narrative, like it felt so very well written mm-hmm. and getting to see both of them in that moment, I found very strong and engaging as a reader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like the quality skunk baby content. Yeah, it's so good. You gotta love the skunk baby content. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Favorite part? I think my favorite is when she's having that conversation with Tobias uh, mm. about going to see the skunk kits. Mm. Um, because much like in the last book, where I really love the part where uh, the Andalites were fucking assholes, um, mm-hmm. because you could really feel it. Yeah. Um, like, that that's what I feel like in this scene here, where it's just like, mm. and and it's interesting because i'm not with cassie in that moment like she's she's narrating first person but i'm very much with tobias in that moment in the the sinking realization Mm -hmm. of it is uh really good in a terrible way Mm mm-hmm Uh, did anything surprise you? Uh, kinda. Uh, not from a plot side of things, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I guess I mean, again, how much they call each other out on their shit, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, like, because it's like YA literature, like, like, I guess the amount of like careful engagement and unpacking of it all, mm-hmm. um, I find it very engaging. It does like ca- still catch me off guard when I read it and go, "Wow!" Like I'm really engaged with this aspect of the character. I guess, and mm-hmm. I, I like that about it. But it isn't something I expected going into Animorphs to feel <laughs> like so with the characters while also being deeply frustrated with them in the mo- mm-hmm. in the moment. So, and I like that conflict. Yeah. Of of being like you said being with the narrator and also being deeply frustrated with them. Mhm. Because of how much I can see going on. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mhm. Uh you? Uh coming back to this book. No, I don't think there is really anything that surprised me because I've, uh, this book is, um, pretty well discussed, uh, because Mm -hmm. it is kind of the, uh, 
almost stereotype for Cassie books where yeah. she starts kind of with this black and white thinking and then gets upset about it and then comes back around to black and white thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, although she never really leaves the black and white thinking. It's more just like, oh, uh, you know, there are animals and killing animals is bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, humans are just predators. We kill to eat and now other things are eating us um Mm -hmm. to well everything's really weird why can't we just be one or the other Mm -hmm. um and so i went into it expecting that um and i remembered the termite stuff i remembered the Mm -hmm. maybe how cruel she was to tobias (laughs) yeah what we should do, I feel like we should add to our ending questions. It should be, did anything surprise you for me? And for you, it should be, what had you forgotten? Oh, yeah. <laughs> about this book. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which, which will be longer and longer as we keep going. Because uh, a lot of the middle books kind of fade. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, kind of just how mean she was to Tobias. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And, you know, I, I don't think I had ever picked up on the how ingrained the predator and, predator and prey mindset was in this book. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of new. All right. Yeah. Everything made uh, sense? Yeah, I think so. Except mm-hmm. maybe Cassie's persistent black and white thinking, but, you know, that's narratively <laughs> that's... part of it. <laughs> Just like, yep. Child, child, why? Why, child? <laughs> but you know, it's good shiz. Yeah. And uh, next book will be number 10, The Android. Uh, I'll give you a guess as to w- who comes into play there. Um, <laughs> uh, and we get Marco with his new haircut. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. That's it. I think that's it. Uh, this has been the Escafil Files. It has, in fact. Uh, my co-host uh, has been Jade. You can find them on Twitter at Jade Oxford Rose, uh, and also on their uh, home podcast of Follow the Leader at FTL Cast. Um, and you can listen to them on Dumb Kids Playing Hero, uh, which is the Animorphs-inspired game we're in together, uh, which is on Twitter at DKPHPod. And my co-host has been Danielle. You can find them on Twitter at RedtailedHawk90. You can find the games they write at RedtailedHawk90.itch.io. <laughs> and you can find their home podcast, The Room Where It Happened, at RoomWebPod on Twitter. It's actual play. They're doing a sci-fi game playing Scow and Villainy. It's very good. And you should <laughs> absolutely check it out. All right. All right. Should we clap? Yeah, that's a thing we do. It is a thing we do. And it is how I end the episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On the minute? On the minute.